Now, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. First things first, we like to keep it really, really simple and just gauge how you are. So starting with you first, uh, Jim, how are you doing? Yeah, doing great, man. As, as we were just saying, like, it's great to have a, a second chance at summer. I mean, my um, most unpopular opinion is that I actually prefer winter to summer, being a being the absolute goth that I am. But, um, <laughs> but I'm actually enjoying this second wind that we've had. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm built for winter. I'm not built for. <laughs> I'm not built for the heat. But um, but now I'm I'm really good. Really excited for uh for this coming week. As uh as we were just uh chatting about before, we we're keeping really busy and it's uh you know it's good. So yeah, not bad at all. Thank you. Can I just compliment you on your t-shirt? By the way, I absolutely love that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> love them. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, them at download. They were great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've been everywhere recently. So yes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, of course, we are a few days out from the release of your debut EP, Hell's Way and Make It, Love's Way, You Fake It. So, uh, starting again with you, Jim, where's your head at with it right now? Are you just desperate to get it out, let it walk at its own two feet and see what people think? Or are you still enjoying the ride? Yeah, man, I mean, it's, I think, kind of erring on the side of both those things, because we, I mean, we recorded like half the record last summer so that august 2022 and then finished it like this winter just gone like december january time so we've been sitting on like half the record for a very long time and then we just finished it up so like part of me is glad to kind of draw a line under it like i've already started writing for the for the next record which is cool mm. um but like in the same kind of vein like just super proud of how these songs turned out like we took our time with it you know we must have written like 30, well, that's no exaggeration, like 30, 32 like initial ideas that ended up being the like eight that were that we put on the record. So like, yeah, it's good to to finally have it out and have people listen to what we've been been doing for so long as well. So yeah, I'm excited, man. How about you, Rob? Where's your head at with it? Oh, I, I can't wait for it to just be out there now. It's been like Jim says, we've sat on these things because we wanted to do things. You know, we wanted to make sure that we had a, a really good package for it all. So we didn't just want to shoot things out and it and just hope for the best. We wanted to kind of take our time and do do what we could for it. And um I really feel like, especially with we've just released the video for True Blue and the video for that one, absolutely love that. So glad to have that out there. Can't wait for now the EP to come out and everyone to hear that. It's, it's great, really excited. I want to follow up with something you said there, Rob. Um, you talk about taking your time, wanting to do it properly, as it were. Is this is this something you've learned from looking at the music industry as it is today, particularly following COVID and how people are consuming music and so on? Was, was that a factor? Yeah, I'd I'd one hundred percent say so. Um, so this is very much Jim. Jim started this as a COVID kind of project. Mm -hmm. Um it's since been through kind of lineup change myself included and in kind of that that's that's been um a long time coming but then if you look if you look at the sort of trajectory we've taken we we released our first single uh your heart the casket we got that played on on the likes of BBC introduced on radio one and it, it made the Kerrang charts and things like that so we did all that before we'd even played our first gig so it, it's such a it's such a weird thing. So we've all been in bands before. We've all been around the scene, and the, the, exactly what you were saying—the way that people consume music, the way that the industry is—it's completely changed. 
if we'd have gone out and just started playing gigs, yeah, we'd have played some gigs and it'd have been great, but we didn't need to do that to get the package that we wanted to get the music out there, to get it where we needed it to be. And then we played our first show and it was a really great show. It was packed and we had a great time. So it was, it's, it's definitely a different way of doing things than what we're all used to, but it's, it seems to be paying for itself at the minute. It's kind of breaking away from the norm, the, the sort of, dare I say, go-to way of doing things for up and coming bands, underground bands is actually to get out and play live before you even consider putting a single out. And then like, so you kind of do it the other way around, but if it's paying off, Hey, fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely the, the the sort of flip it on its head, 100%. <laughs> I'm glad it's worked. Um, so talk to me then about your vision. And um, if you want to go with this one, Jim, uh, your vision in particular for this um, EP, what you want to portray with this release, and also why you chose an EP as your debut record, considering you said 30-odd songs. Yeah, okay, so the first one, I guess, like, what we really wanted to achieve with it is just kind of that that statement of intent about who we are as like a band. Like we we had, as I said, like so many ideas, but it just felt like some of them just weren't good enough. And I think mm-hmm. to your point, just about like how music is consumed, like it's it can be so kind of throwaway. Like I, I see a lot of bands taking the the single route now, which absolutely pays off. You know, you've got something new every month to do. I've seen some bands that like release a song every month, so 12 releases throughout the year, aka an album. Yeah. Um, but for us, I, I don't know. I just I just kind of thought it'd be great to just have a body of work that that all correlated in the same way. Like I, you know, I loved listening. Some of my favorite records growing up like told a story, you know, and they had like, you know, breaks and stops and instrumental pieces as as we've kind of emulated with this release. So I kind of wanted to just encapsulate a story and a feeling as opposed to just, you know, eight to 10 individual like little tracks that are a bit more throwaway, dare I say it. Not there's anything wrong with that, but being such a like conceptual band with the imagery and all the videos and everything we do, it just kind of felt right to, to tell a story, I guess. But, you know, I think as well, you get, you kind of get one chance at the moment to like grab a listener, like everything is done so much online like the mystery has kind of gone from rock and roll a little bit. Like, you know, when I was a kid, like looking up to like Chester Bennington and, you know, what's this guy doing? Like, what's he up to? And now like, well, maybe not Chester Bennington, for example, but you could like search someone's Instagram and like, oh, this is what this dude's up to. Like, so the mystery is kind of gone to that regard with the way that people consume music and, and do it. So yeah, I just wanted to grab people. Here's the story. This is what we're about. Everything in one go. Maybe we move to the single model next time. I've got no idea, but with this being the first release, we just wanted to really put pour everything into it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a great vision. It's a great idea, and it's great. Obviously, it's a great thing to do. It, 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 did, did you even consider the whole? I mean, you talk about the streaming that side of things and how music's consumed and things like that. But you know, ultimately, the EP isn't going to end up. The whole EP isn't going to end up on playlists, which seems to be the most important thing of all. It's going to be individual songs and things like that. Did yeah. that ever cross your mind? Or did you just think, you know what, it doesn't matter? Yeah, I think it's just like we've kind of not done anything else the conventional way. So it was like we're gonna <laughs> check it out. It tells you know it's one of those. So as you know, Carl, from from listening to it and reviewing it, you know it it, it loops. So you can put on track one. And all the songs correlate into each other with interludes. There's a you know there's a mid uh, record instrumental piece that gives you that room to breathe. 
And then when the the record ends, it loops back around with the the sounds that come to start. So you can you could constantly have it looping. So that'll never work, you know, streaming for sure. But but again, it just comes back to that that story, and I guess trying to be a bit a bit more immersive than what other people are doing at the moment. I know like stats tell me I'm wrong and all that, but I'm still not 100% convinced people don't still just love, particularly in the alternative rock metal scene, still love, you know, a full record to get sink your teeth into and feel the story and be part of it. Um, Coming back to you then, Rob, was it important for you across this EP to sign a showcase variety in your sound? Bear in mind it's your debut EP and you kind of want to express who you are and so on. Because across the tracks, there's, of course, notably different vibes, sounds, effects, musical structures and so on. Yeah. Um, We kind of didn't want to just limit ourselves to we're going to make this kind of this way and it's going to be this kind of song. So we very much, we're all very much influenced by that kind of post hardcore thing, which does come through in quite a lot of the tracks, I think um, quite well, but we we wanted to really meld that with a kind of much more melodic kind of new wave, almost new romantic edge that we'd, that, that we, you don't really see that, that done. And you don't kind of have that kind of sound blended together very often. So mm-hmm. Yes, we did want to kind of have right, and we wanted to show, okay, this is this is what we can do here and that sort of thing. But it was always much more in service of the track rather than trying to trying to find a, a position to show show something off. If that makes sense. Well, it does. I'm going to follow that up then by jumping to you, Jim, and kind of again going back to this number of tracks that you had. So, considering all of that, how much of a challenge, how difficult it was to decide and chop up and pick what would eventually end up in the EP talk about it ending on the cutting room floor but a lot of the time obviously these pieces might go into a folder to be used later and so on yeah was yeah what happened there um I think it was just like trying to pick the best of the best but right just saying it's like we weren't afraid to like and it's a cliche thing to say but like experiment a little bit like because take like I think your heart the casket for example like it has this really kind of moody synthscape that's pretty gothic it's got like a second verse that was mega influenced by rush with some of those riffs then it's got this big kind of linkin park new metal-esque kind of breakdown so like there's all these genres that are that kind of melding together with it and there's there's a track on the record called cry that has like that's probably like the most 80s sounding um mm. song on the album it's just like four to the floor like loads of synths and again there's like guitar parts in that that are lifted pretty much straight from like Bark at the Moon era, Ozzy meets Iron Maiden. So it's like, mm. there's all these kind of styles. And I think when we were kind of shortlisting and, you know, fleshing out the ideas that we liked, it was like, which ones kind of, which ones kind of encompassed the, the kind of, the yin and the yang, the, the light and the dark, like the super poppy 80s stuff that we all love, but like the, the heavier post-hardcore stuff and, you know, how do, how do we kind of merge them? And I think that's why it took, you know, quite a while because there wasn't really, a frame of reference that we could really take. We were kind of like writing our own rule book in places as we were going along. And some of it sounded pretty, pretty fucking awful. I won't lie. <laughs> but the ones that worked, worked. <laughs> I think um, coming back to your point, Jim, I think when we mentioned earlier that we kind of did it in two halves, I think that really helped in that regard as well. Cause we went into the studio and we recorded those first few tracks and it kind of, yeah, every, everything changes when you go in and you know, you've, you've been practicing for ages and then you hear it. You can hear everything. You can each hear your own little bits. You're like, oh, you're doing that there. That's really cool. What what can we do there? And it kind of, 
I think that kind of made us go, okay, cool. So yeah, that's how we did that. Now we can go away again and take the ones that we're, we're still working on and go, okay, cool. Well, that worked there. Maybe we can kind of tweak that. So that was really helpful, I think. And I'm sure that, that there'll be some ideas that do come back up in the pipeline and stuff like that. But I think having that that chance to to go in and record a few and go, cool, they, they work really well. Let's Let's focus on these now. I think that was really, really helpful as well. Yeah, I think it was actually kind of gave us the blueprint. Yeah. For the rest of how we, you know, yeah, I think those first two songs were like a lot of trial and error, but gave us our sound. So yeah, mm. it just gives us something to work on. You both sound super, super confident with um the with what the result is on this EP. Was there any debates, any democratic things going on that of stuff that didn't make it, or was everyone pretty much in harmony here? I think reasonably in harmony. I think there was there was definitely decisions that we were still making right up to the right up <laughs> to the last second. Like there's some of the tracks that that when when we went into the studio, they don't sound the same as when we came out. Like there's things where we went like when we came to record it, we went well, that's absolute dog shit. Let's do something different <laughs> there, <laughs> and kind of did things like that. But I think I don't think there was ever any kind of there's never been any infighting over like oh that must stay. I, I want that or anything like that. We're reasonably on the same page. But definitely there's been things that have, have changed along the way and things we've had to kind of reflect on, definitely. Yeah, maybe we're still in our honeymoon period, but things are pretty uh things are pretty peachy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about peachy, then have you been buoyed by the response to the single so far? Has that eased your mind into how the fully P might be received? Yeah, man. I mean it's you know it's it's been great like like rob was saying like to to bring out that first single when we did like because you know this started well in here in my spare room over over lockdown over covid i, I wrote some like more cinematic synthy stuff just pretty much since piano and stuff like that mm. it just felt super weird for me to release because i've never done anything like that as much as i love like you know zimmer or daniel licht and like those kinds of composers i had to get some guitars on it so like going from that, that first iteration of what Death of Me was to like having almost like a year and a half break doing nothing and then mm. being what the band is now, which I think really is the band. Like before it was just not really anything. Like now we are the band. Taking that huge break and then just putting out a song that, you know, got on Radio 1, got in Kerrang, got in the charts, like li literally overnight, which is, we didn't expect that to happen, which is great. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like super humbling, like just kind of a good indication that things were moving in the right direction and I think it's been the same with the shows as well like like you're saying Carl like that online gratification the way that like music's consumed is like so different now but the real testimony is of people coming to coming to shows and um you know up until I mean we played our first show we'd just done so much online stuff and releasing the singles that we had we'd released two by that point you know, we were like, is anyone going to come to the show? And our first show was was a headline show at the biggest venue in our hometown, which is like 500 cap venue. Mm -hmm. And we sold out the entire bottom floor. So it was it was good to see people actually come to that. And, and you know, not just the people that you have to drag along, like family and friends and stuff. Although there's lots of those and we absolutely appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the real testament is people actually coming just because they've heard it and like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to come check it out. So yeah, man, it's just been, it's been super humbling and Long may it continue, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Now, I get you mean, <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. I get you mean, you know, you sell out, say, a 500 cap um, 
venue, but if you've comped 450 of them, it doesn't quite feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. all paid to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there an unreleased track uh, from the EP that you're particularly interested in seeing the response to more than any other? Um, I'd love you both to have a go at this one. I'll let you go first, Jim. Okay, I knew you were going to ask me to go there. Mm-hmm. So... I re- my favourite track on the album probably is Cry, just because it's the most 80s sounding album. And it just has like a really simple chorus. Um, mm. But I'm torn because I really like the last track on the album as well, uh, on the record, which is called Choice Words and Cursive, just because I think Mike absolutely knocks the soul out of the park. And it's just really out of place in a way to have like this really sweet pick solo that just kind of comes out of nowhere, but it just works so well so i love that track for that mike smashed it so yeah i'm curious to, to hear what people think about those two yeah that's that's mine as well choice words is definitely mine and i think it's because it's it's quite it, like like we say we take we take quite a, a sort of deep journey through the ep on in kind of the, the dark side of life and then the choice words is kind of there as this triumphant finish mm-hmm. and I, i'm quite excited to see how that gets received just for its just for its own merits we don't pre-plan this. It's not like we talked beforehand and, and then decided this is how it's going to be. But Choice Words and Cursive, the final track is very special. And I want to dig into the meaning of this track more than any of the others. Okay. Uh, what did you want to say? And how, from your perspective, does it fit within the overall feel of the record? Um, so I think like the, the vibe of that track is, you know, is, is, is a bit more uplifting, like mm. wanting the record to end with an air of, of hope. You know, because everything mm. else is is very much in in the dark side of things. Um, the idea, like, it, I can't remember if it came to me in, in a dream or I was just driving one day and I thought of it, but the title just popped into my head. So I go- I googled it to make sure I hadn't read it anywhere or stolen it from someone, which I hadn't. Which you have to do. Oh, it's good. Yeah. That was the first tick. It was completely organic. Um, and I just like the idea of like, you know, something. T- you know, the idea of choice words or like swearing at someone or being horrible to someone as, as the phrase, you know, using choice words. Mm. The idea of that being written in such an eloquent way, whether it be calligraphy or cursive itself, I thought was cool because, again, it's kind of that light side and dark side together. So choice words and cursive. So I was like, that's a really cool idea. And then, yeah, in terms of the vibe itself, like, again, coming back to the 80s, like there's so much underlying 80s influence on this. So we used the the Yamaha DX7, I think it was for the, the synth sounds on that track. And they are, that's basically the synth that was used on um, Boys of Summer by Don Henley. So like a lot of the, nah, 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 oh, cool. that, super influenced by that. So yeah, it was kind of giving it a bit more of that positive vibe. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to say that. I think like, you know, the power of words is still important in today's day and age. And, uh, you know, no matter what you kind of say, it has that, it has that influence, so you know, be careful. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, stick into the overall record. Um, and both again offer your thoughts on this, Rob. What was something that you found particularly challenging about creating the release from any part of the process? So, I think. The, the, I think the challenging part is kind of anticipating what's next, anticipating how you're gonna, you're kind of gonna do. The, excuse me, the dog's just having a, a nice little. Come here, yeah. come here. <laughs> come here. 
he's fine um so yeah it's um it's just kind of knowing there's there's no kind of like roadmap so it's kind of okay well bear with <laughs> no worries well hold on a I moment can, i can take it um yeah i, I know what rob's gonna say it's kind of like you know we've put all this work in but where do we go from here? Like, again, because there's mm. no kind of rule book at the moment, like with, with the way that bands are putting out music and consuming it. So it's like, we've, you know, we've done the hard, the hard work now, but like, what, what next? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, being a, being an unsigned act as of right now, you know, it's about just trying to do the best and we do as much in house as we can, like all the artwork, you know, do ourselves, um, all the video work, Shout out to our our good friend Tim Palin, who does all our videos for us. So he's like the unofficial fifth member of the band, along with a guy called Sam Bloor, um, who again, another another very good friend who owns Lower Lane Studios and he does all the recording for us and produces us. So, you know, it's really, really handy to have those people in, in a team, if you will. But there is still that kind of underlying what we've got what we need, but like how do we how do we formulate this in the best way? So I think that's the difficult part, <laughs> actually. <laughs> no worries. Um, kind of just following up on that, uh, the challenging aspects, you kind of, um, Jim kind of shared uh, what you were talking about, about what comes next and so on. Um, do you want to kind of add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, we've all, like like I was saying before, we've all, we've all kind of done done things like we've all been in bands and done that yeah. done this stuff and we've we've all gone down that road of let's do loads of gigs and we'll we'll, we'll do that that and that whereas there's with this i think the, the challenge was okay well what do we take from all the experience that we've we've done that what do we then put into this new project how do we how do we kind of take that experience and distill it almost that was the challenge i think um but i think it's been really nice to collectively kind of work off of each other i think that's been really a really nice thing about this project is we've, we've all kind of worked off each other to go like okay we can do this we can do that we can do that it's been really good oh does that make do you think that's kind of making it easier the fact you are bouncing these ideas off each other yeah i think so definitely yeah i mean there's there's definitely been times when we've we've come together and gone like oh this is what the, this is this is what the idea is this is kind of what the end result's like in my head i have no idea how we get there and someone <laughs> else might go okay yeah maybe we can do this this and this or they'll go no don't be don't be stupid like <laughs> that's daft like so <laughs> so yeah it does make it easy and in some ways that's that's challenging itself because you, you're never going to agree on everything all the time but it's uh it certainly makes things easier yeah, and the, the common stuff, time, um, you know, in life to be able to do everything, money, all these things, um, yeah, you do what you can do. Kind of building upon that, but the opposite side of things, I want to kind of gauge about uh, a part of the process of creating the EP that you enjoyed more than anything else. Um, start with you, Jim. Uh, I think for me, like, as much as I enjoy arranging and kind of fleshing out the kind of soundscapes all the synths and the keys and stuff like for me like it's writing lyrics I'm, I'm kind of weird because when I'm writing I'm always like humming a melody and I always have a melody but the words for me always come way way later like it's pretty much the last thing <laughs> um, so I know a lot of people like write the lyrics first and they can even write on the spot of practice and things like for me my my place to write lyrics is the bath <laughs> so candles on um you know and writing from kind of memory of things that happened and 
you know, a lot of things happened in my personal life over this this past year. You know, record deals, a lot of grief. Mm. Pretty apparent from reading the lyrics. So um, I think for me, it was kind of cathartic. So I actually I really enjoyed writing the lyrics and getting some of that, those ideas out. It's fallen up and out before um, you take it, Rob. I wanted to ask you, Jim, then on that front, feedback on, say, your lyrical content, is that something that would make you nervous, excited? Um, I think, I think excited, you know, I, I, I tried to write from experience, but like put it in the idea of like a character. So it's never like, this is about me, but I always try right. to write about that, but, but I'll only ever write about like four subjects in my entire time of being a musician. I write about like four subjects anyway, which is like love, sex, death, and religion. Like that, any song I've written is about one of those four subjects. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty simple. It's wide-ranging stuff. <laughs> yeah. You can tell those stories over a million times. You know, many films do it. So it's about trying to tell that story in a different way each time. I love it. I love it. Um, what about something you really enjoyed, Rob? You're on mute. You're on mute, mate. Thank you. Um, so for me, it's been playing. I love production and I've loved working with Sam. Uh, so playing in the studio was fantastic. Um, I'm pretty confident we bored everyone to tears on like the first days of recording when we went in and just sat there like playing different snare drums and using a tune bot to tune the toms to to like various frequencies and stuff like that. But it's 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 really good to kind of get under the skin of it like that. Um, so that was great being in the studio, hearing everything and and playing like that. But then I think for me that those first live show was was kind of really big seminal moment because it kind of built up to that and then that that was just great because we kind of done you know we'd done videos at this point we'd done all that stuff and then finally we got to play live it was great sorry it's all right no worries no worries at all um i actually love the fact that uh people get interrupted these things happen it's real life we're just chatting in a way um (laughs) so let's talk genres here you are lumped whether you like it or not, lumped into the emo slash alternative category. Do you care about genre placements or does it bother you that it could hamstring basically who might listen to you based off those category placements? I think the downside is coming back to what we were saying about the way music is consumed is like, Mm. might get lumped into like a playlist that just people that like that kind of music do which is cool like uh, again i don't think you know we're shying away from the fact that you know we're people label us as emo or alternative like i just see us as a rock band really mm-hmm. um but but i think i think that's the downside to it but on the plus side you know if people like that kind of stuff and that's the way they find us then that can be cool too but maybe we can play with bands that that sound similar um but i think i don't think we set out to be, you know, a band in that genre. I know it's super cliche to say, you know, we're trying to make our own genre, but because everybody's trying to do that or say that at least, but, you know, I don't think we're shying away from it, but there, there are definitely downsides, but, you know, also influenced by like bands like, you know, My Cam and Linkin Park, like I love a lot of 80s stuff. Well, as you can probably tell, like Depeche Mode, like my favorite band. So uh, yeah, I, I think we're not shying away from it, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, you don't, you, yeah, you you don't have much of a choice, really. Ultimately, whether you like <laughs> it or not, um, you know, you're not uh, in that regard. I, you know, we personally uh, hate them because of the limitations and puts things, but we know why they exist, and it is what it is. Um, stick it with any festival in the world, and you'd be totally fine. There you go. Yeah. Um, what do you think you What do you think you need to do to push Death of Me to the next level? Particularly, I guess we're talking post release. We are at the latter part of 2023 and then we have a fresh new year. What do you think you need to do to push on following this? It's a great question, man. Um, I think for us, it's just about playing as much as we can, but playing the, the right shows. So like, I think what would be great for us now, ready, willing and able, if anyone's listening to this that can make it happen, please absolutely reach out. Um, is to like get on a support slot or an opening mm-hmm. slot for like a, a more established act or, or up and coming act um, and you know and kind of bring our stage show to that kind of thing as well because you know we've done the, the hard work online as much as we can and I think you know maybe six months to a year's time we probably will reach that glass ceiling of what we can kind of do in our own in-house team again when it comes to like the artwork recording and stuff so like we've maybe got another release of operating at this level before we have to think about or we'll just stay at that level forever, which again is is also absolutely fine. Like mm. personally, the reason to do this project isn't you know to try and make it or whatever. Like it genuinely is to just create some great art that you know I can look back on in thirty years time when I'm old and decrepit and remembering and telling everyone that I used to play in a band. So that's the reason I want to do it. But yeah, I think think for us it'd be getting on some bigger shows and main playing some bigger rooms. Yeah, I've. I mean, to to add to that, I think that's entirely how I started out with the project as well. Just being like, let's just just have some some good times because when we went into the project, it was it was kind of when I joined, it was kind of oh we'll we'll have a play, we'll see what we'll see what happens. If 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 I don't like it, I'll say. If you don't like it, you say we'll be really you know transparent about it. Yep. And we had that first jam session. I still remember we we kind of came out of it when we were like, that was fucking cool. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> so, so it was, it was kind of that. Very much went into it that, and I think as the project's evolved, I'm, I'm kind of sitting, but now going, where could it go though? Because where, mm. where, where, where could we get it? And I, I think you know, post release, I think like Jim says, it's just about getting out and playing shows, the right shows, getting it in front of people live because we've, we've worked really hard on that that show to kind of uh, bring that to people. And we've, we've put as much kind of effort into making the show work as a live show as we have kind of making it work as a studio. We don't want it to just be a project that kind of works in recordings and then you go and see it live and you're kind of like, oh, it missed a bit of that, yeah. that magic. We want it to be, you go and see it live and it'd be just as just as impressive and we want it, we want it to, to kind of come across in that way. So I think it's just about getting shows the right places, the right time, and then and then looking ahead to what what we do next in terms of in terms of releases, essentially next year. Yeah, I mean that's completely fair. Uh, no one in their right mind in a band these days expecting to be a millionaire um, from it. But if you can bring your art to bigger audiences who will enjoy it, um, that's that's just it, really. Because that's all that's the dream. It's absolutely the dream, man. Yeah. So without going too much into it, because ultimately the focus is hell's where you make it, love is where you fake it. Um, what might the rest of 2023 look like? Um, do you have much in the works? Are you planning to do uh, much before the year's over? 
Yeah, so we got we got loads of shows to announce. Actually, we've got um, a tour in November. I will be announcing very soon, but that's that's going to be good because played some places that I've actually never played before in my life. Oh, so fantastic! That's going to be that's going to be great. Um, we're talking about maybe releasing another single from the record just around the year out, maybe another video. Um, and then I think, yeah, it's just as we were saying, like trying to make the connections to to set up next year. So. We started working with um, Royal Artist Management. Uh, shout out Danny! So he's been booking some pretty exciting stuff for us next year. Like some again, if everything comes off that's been proposed at the moment in terms of festivals and things, like we're gonna be we're gonna be busy, but but good good busy. So taking that trajectory that we were just talking about. So um, yeah, I think it's just getting the record out. Hopefully people like it. Tour coming soon, um, and just just keeping that that traction going well if you haven't decided on what the uh next single might be or future single i think we've uh mentioned the same track tonight so it's pretty <laughs> easy to you know where you should go with that <laughs> uh, i love that you are so busy i love that you have so much plans in place and the expectations just will continue to 2024 and beyond and while you are busy, I'm not letting you go just yet. We have a section at the end. This is Ozzy Osbourne. And in his head are randomised questions. Anything and everything. Um, from the most serious to the most nonsense. I'm going to pause some out. Take it in turns to give an answer. Starting with Jim and then um, you, Rob. And yeah, see how we go. Okay. Cool. Great name right. for, a, for a bowl, by the way. Yeah, it was done on a vote on Instagram. So <laughs> I, it was never my choice, but there you go. Um what is a skill or talent you wish you had? Uh, I, w- I wish I could speak another language like fluently. Like I'd love to be able to to go to another country and actually absorb the culture properly and any speak to people. Any particular language? Do I speak another language? No. <laughs> no, any any particular language? Oh, sorry. Like... Um, maybe maybe French. The language of love. Fair enough. How about you, Rob? Um, I love card tricks. I'd really like to be good at card tricks. I don't know. Like really, the ball, yeah. dish, that kind of. Oh thing. yeah, when people, and you know, I love all that stuff. I like, I, I do like a good deck of cards. So uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really nice if I could do that. But uh, I didn't see myself having time. <laughs> Fantastic. Magician as well. You pulling like time to be a magician, mate. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Corporate entity next future shows. <laughs> All right, back to you, Jim. What is the best horror movie ever made? I realise that's super subjective and it'll probably oh. change day by day, but I'm putting you on the spot. I can tell you the one that still disturbs me to this day, and it's funny because I saw like a meme online about it the other day as well, but you've seen the film Signs, right? The, mm-hmm. the scene where that alien comes down the... Um, the walkway where there's that parade happening and just stares and looks like that petrified me as a kid. There's something so terrifying about that scene. I'm not sure why. Um, Just absolutely terrifying. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say that was the one that's petrified me the most. Signs. Okay. What about you, Rob? Uh, I mean, I think franchise-wise, Evil Dead's got to be up there. Mm -hmm. I I watched the recent, the recent, um, the recent one was was absolutely fantastic as well. But, um, Ah, probably The Shining. I'm a sucker for Stephen King, and I love The Shining. I think it's great. So yeah, I'm going to go Shining. Yeah, I got to pick. I got to pick it. Pick a pick you up on that part. When you say Shining, do you, you presumably you were talking Stanley Kubrick, yeah, not the TV yeah. movie. 
No, not the TV movie, the Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the TV movie? I know of it, but I've not. Uh, I've not indulged in it. I've heard that I should, but uh, but not not yet. <laughs> do, do, do you like the book? Do you like the book? Yeah. Okay, so the TV movie at least is probably the most accurate telling you're going to get of the book. Okay. But you are going to spend a lot of that time trying to... Uh, just my opinion, you might struggle <laughs> to stay awake. It's long right. and it's really right. boring. Yes. Right. Okay, Jim, have you ever had a nickname? And if so, what was it or is it? I think it's, it's Jim. I mean, my name is James, so... <laughs> it's pretty... Uh... There we go. <laughs> Rob? <laughs> uh no, not really. I mean, if you count if you count the, the kids, they they uh they call me Wob, but I, th- I think that's more of a uh <laughs> speech thing than anything else. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Okay, back to you, Jim. Uh was Me- oh, this is a big one. Was Metallica right going after Napster? Ah. Oh. <laughs> I think I think at the time, no, <laughs> probably not. Now probably would have been better place, but at the time, no. Mm. And Lars Ulrich, I mean, probably had better things to do, like practicing his drums. To be fair, so. <laughs> <Ooh. Jason. laughs> Come at me! Come at me! <laughs> uh, no. I don't think oh. that they they meaningfully did anything long term. I don't think it, it it meaningfully made a great deal of difference. So, no. I think no, it was just alienating the fans. I think it was just alienating the fans that I, yeah. I didn't like about it. You know, the way don't that add... people that were that were stealing like from them, like it was hurtful. Like, like people that enjoyed them as a band, like the fans were just a commodity. That's what I didn't I don't like about mm. it. It's an interesting way to put it. Um, Rob, you don't want to add any slander about Lars Ulrich? <laughs> <laughs> we can take um, that out, right? I'm going to get served tomorrow. But no, I mean, <laughs> it'd, it'd be really nice if he could play the one live. Like <laughs> but, you know. But, uh, yeah. Jim, back to you. What's one thing you would like to understand better? My own mind. Okay. The good one. <laughs> Busy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, fun. yeah. <laughs> Rob, how about Hold you? Oh. Women. Just, yeah, that'd be nice. No, um, yeah, just I think people is is as a as a whole, really. The the okay. inner workings of people does fascinate me. So I would I would like to, you know, understand that better. Far less serious then for you, Jim. Do you think you could survive a zombie apocalypse? I mean, I've often talked about this, like what I would do or how I would do it. Um, So skill-wise, absolutely not. Like I'm the worst person in terms of like building stuff or survival skills. So like I would probably have to tag on to like a good team that was doing something and like offer my service. Not like that. That sounds wrong. Like offer my talents in some other way <laughs> just to keep to keep in with the team that was doing stuff so i don't know maybe i'll bring the the humor or something like that so i'd be the ideas man i wouldn't be a, a doer and maybe we'd survive an extra week um then i'd be toast you got a pretty mouth jim 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times are hard. Times are hard. Go on, Rob. What, how do you rate your chances? Uh, no, I don't. I don't rate them that highly. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a survivor. <laughs> show him a card. You can show him a card trick. You'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dazzle them. <laughs> Get really good. It's a zombie apocalypse. Sharpen the edges. Cut heads off. There you yeah. go. Like Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, um, Jim. What is the first thing you do after you wake up? Um, look at my phone. It's, ah, it's, yes, and I'm really trying not to do that um, because you just go down a rabbit hole before your day's even begun. Rob, uh, coffee. This is the first first port call for me. Um, definitely coffee. But I've I mean, I've been trying to 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 start my day with with some meditation recently. I've been trying to do that. Um, so I try and do that before I have coffee. It's not quite a habit yet, I wouldn't say. Uh, but still, man, yeah, it, it, it's incredible. When it, if you do manage to kind of get into it and you know enjoy it, it could be an incredibly yeah cool thing. Mm. I got a few more, Jim. Cats or dogs? Dogs. And I think dogs. I think cats <laughs> are too. You know, cats are too lone. Like I, I need something back. If I'm putting the effort in, I want, I want something back. I want that unconditional love. Um, I'd probably be a cat if I was an animal, just because you know, kind of going at it solo. So I, I need. I mean, I've got a dog. I'm a dog person, so I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got two cats literally lying down on my feet by my feet, and all I'm thinking is, you earn a cat's love, mate. You earn it. <laughs> <do> you know? <laughs> I think we already know your answer, Rob. Well, I, I, well, it's, it's a funny one. I'm actually. Um, Naturalistically, I'm a cat guy. I'm definitely a cat, a cat guy. Much to my uh, my partner's uh, chagrin, whenever I, I I'm out in the street going like, yeah, pss, pss, pss. she's like, oh my god, you are, you are a walking ick. I'm like, that's that's fine. Me and this cat are gonna have a moment. So, walk on. <laughs> but um, but no, I I do love I, I love dogs as well. But um, yeah, we I love this little guy. He's he's ace as he drags his food bowl across the floor to me. But um. But yeah, I, I like both. I, I naturally I'm drawn to cats, but but I, I very much enjoy company of a dog. All right, one more for you then, Jim. What is your favorite musical, be it film or stage? Sweeney Todd. Oh, ah, film, film. Um, nice with Johnny Depp. I love that film. I watch it every year. Um, it has a young uh, Jamie, is it Bow Campbell or Campbell Bow? Jamie Bauer, I forget his second name, mm. who's um, Vecna in Stranger Things. And he was also in a band called Counterfeit. And you see him sing a song called Joanna. And he's younger, slightly more tenor in range at that time. And uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great film. That's a great choice. Really mm. good. So I'm kind of I've kind of come at this at two angles in, in a sort of contemporary style. I, I think Hamilton was absolutely, absolutely brilliant, and I resisted it for a long time because I was like, mm-hmm. it can't be that good. But then I watched it and was was kind of like, okay, yeah, it's that good, fair enough. Uh, but I really like uh, a bit of lamers. Love a bit of lamers. Oh wow! Yeah. Again, after film or stage. Stage, I, I would. I, the, the film's not bad, but um, mm-hmm. did prefer the stage. Yeah. Was it Russell Crowe? Yeah, 
didn't it wouldn't not yeah russell crowe yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> yeah. yeah long film long film. very long, long film, film. Mm. yeah yeah no <laughs> kidding no kidding but you know what isn't long the ep the debut ep hell's where you make it loves where you fake it it is out on september 8th gentlemen thank you so much for taking the time to do this i really appreciate it. best of luck for the rest of the year and keep busy Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Cheers, Carl. Yeah, it's been really good. Cheers. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?